Poe is the most famous of the American Romantic writers. One aspect of this literary movement is a fascination with death and the supernatural. And is there anything more supernatural and portentous of death than a raven that quotes Nevermore? Nevermore is not the literary quote of the day, by the way, but it does come from Poe's The Raven, where today's quote of the day does come from. Actually, it's quotes of the day. We'll get to that here in a second. Did you know that Poe started on a college career, but with little financial support from his miserly stepfather? Poe embarked on a long journey of poverty and debt. Money problems haunted him, and tensions with his foster father prompted him into determination to become a successful writer. And if you listen to the end of yesterday's episode, you know that the Raven made Poe a household name and and finally secured him the success he had been seeking. Although I think it's safe to say, if he were still alive today, he'd be making money hand over fist. Greetings and welcome to the Teaching ELA podcast where this summer we combine my two favorite things, literature and summer vacation. Get ready for some literary quotes. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary, and so begins Poe's most famous poem, The Raven. Poe establishes the unreliability of his narrator. Wow, I'm having trouble there, aren't I? Poe establishes the unreliability of his narrator in line one, stating that it's late at night, he's reading, and he's tired. It's quite possible the narrator is dreaming the entire episode with The Raven. And speaking of The Raven, quote, Open here I flung the shutter when with many a flirt and flutter in there stepped the stately raven of the saintly days of yore, end quote. And in here steps the most famous character in the most famous poem written by an American author, one of the most famous American authors. The arrival of a talking bird satisfies the American romantic fascination with death and the supernatural as the bird torments the narrator about his lost love, Lenore. Once again, we see the theme of losing one's love in Edgar Allan Poe in an Edgar Allan Poe literary work. I say if you're going to teach one thing, the thing is the raven. You could teach a myriad of poetic devices with the raven. You can also teach a a myriad of literary devices with the raven. I've used the word myriad now three times in the last minute. That's exciting. Symbols in the raven include Lenore. Note the narrator gives no description of Lenore. We do not know what she looks like or what exactly the relationship between Lenore and the narrator is. All we know is that the narrator really misses her. The lack of details regarding Lenore makes her a likely symbol. She may represent idealized love, beauty, truth, or hope in a better world. She is rare and radiant, we are told several times, an angelic description, perhaps symbolic of heaven. Lenore may symbolize truth. The narrator cannot help but think of her, and her ubiquitous yet elusive nature haunts the narrative. The Raven. The most obvious symbol is contained in the poem's title. The Raven enters the room imperiously and holds dominion over the narrator. It sounds a little bit like yesterday's podcast episode on Mask of the Red Death. The bird's darkness symbolizes death, hence death becomes a constant reminder and imperious intruder. If taken in a broader context, the poem may be about the inability of man to escape his ultimate fate, a recurring theme in Poe's short works. Speaking of death, let's not forget Knight's Plutonian Shore. The phrase Knight's Plutonian Shore incorporates all the negative aspects associated with death. Pluto is the Roman god of the underworld, hence his shore would be the underworld. Combined with night, a common symbol for death and nothingness in shore, representative of the vast ocean and all its mysterious inhabitants, Plutonian takes on an enhanced meaning. Now you might be wondering why I would read Poe in the summer. His stories are a bit gruesome and not really vibing with beach mode or mountain mode. But truth be told, 
I'm actually wondered, why aren't you quoting Poe at your summer get-togethers? How about blasting one of these quotes at your family reunion, for example? People wonder why I do podcasts, create website content, and write lesson plans during the summer. And of course, my question to my friends are, why are you doing podcasts, creating website content, and writing lesson plans during the summer? And since most of my friends aren't actually teachers, they kind of give me a strange look, at least about that lesson plan thing. If you're, if you're looking to make your summer a little more productive, or perhaps you want to free up some time and not take the metaphorical axe to the head in the fall, it's a black cat reference, by the way, I've got great news. I've created a course specifically designed for ELA teachers on how to create a semester's worth of lesson plans in just a few days. So imagine having all, you're walking in on day one. I know you don't want to think about the first day of school right now. How do I know this? Because no one wants to think about the first day of school right now, including me. But imagine walking in on that first day, having all your lesson plans completed. It's a good feeling. I know that feeling because pretty much that's what I do. I walk in and my lesson plans are done pretty much for the entire year. I don't mean like I'm bringing out my old binder like uh, Mr. Fellywig did uh, when I was in high school. No, it's not It's not that. It's I have my lesson plans done. Now, do I make changes to them during the year? Obviously, you have to be flexible. That was the first lesson I learned from, well, I'm trying to think of my first college teacher. I don't remember. Dr. Pancratius taught me. The late Dr. Pancratius, great teacher, great teacher, said the first rule of teaching is to be flexible. So obviously, I'm flexible. But I have unit plans written for the entire year. That's exciting. And I can show you how to do that. That's what the course is all about. There's a link in the show notes for anyone interested. The link is actually to a free video course I created. So there you go. Free video course. Details how I create short story unit plan, poetry plan, all that stuff. You know, ELA stuff. You're an ELA teacher, right? <laughs> you know all this. Let me share with you another fun fact about Mr. Poe. He published his first book, Tamerlane, when he was 18. Eh, interesting. Good for him. He was a prodigy of, of, of sorts. I already shared with you symbols in the raven. If you fancy you might teach this poem in the upcoming school year, try a symbolism lesson plan. A little three-column chart lists a symbol in the left column, example where the symbol is used in the middle column, and in the right column, interpret the symbol. Kind of what I did in the previous symbols I shared. I've got more. Why do I have more symbols in the raven? Why am I going through all this trouble for a summer podcast that maybe 18 people will listen to in the summer? Because I have a feeling you're teaching the Raven in the next week and that you went back and in July you saw, oh, this awesome podcaster did a podcast on the Raven. So I'm going to listen to it now. So here we go. More symbols. Nepenthe, the narrator desperately searches for something that will remove his pain and suffering. This is symbolized by Nepenthe, an ancient drug used to help one relieve sorrows. I believe there's a Balm and Gilead reference in this poem too. Could be mixing it with something. In case you're not, in case you're wondering, uh, Balm of Gilead is a an illusion, a reference to uh, the story of Job in the Old Testament. The bust of Pallas. Pallas Athena was the Greek goddess of wisdom, so we uh, Poe likes to reference classical mythology. It is upon this wisdom that the raven settles, adding credence, at least according to the narrator, to its utterances. The bust of Pallas and the raven's subsequent perch on it may be ironic, for it is the narrator that gives the bird such wisdom. A casual observer would assume the bird sits there because it seems like a logical resting place. If you're ever in Europe, note how the pigeons perch themselves on statues in the center of town. Only a moron would assume a bird takes on the character of a statue on which he perches. I don't think, for example, that a bird resting on Napoleon's shoulder suddenly becomes a ruthless general. That being said, Poe obviously places the owl on the bust of Athena in order to associate the raven with wisdom. Certainly, the character 
the the protagonist in the novel in the novel the protagonist my kids always do that they call poems stories and and it gets very annoying the protagonist in the poem thinks that somehow the bird is wise because of the statue of Pallas. Perhaps he thinks he's wise because he has a statue of Pallas Athena in his study. Maybe he thinks he's cool because he has a study. Do you have a study? I don't have a study. I have a closet. Midnight, traditionally referred to as the witching hour and the darkest part of night. Midnight is more than a number on the clock. It is no accident that Poe chooses this as the time for the bird's arrival. In our last symbol, December, nothing lives in the winter. Well, it does where I live. (laughs) In fact, December is the nicest month where I live. I live in the Caribbean. Love December. High of 81 every day, sunny. Every day is a beach day in the Caribbean, except when hurricanes strike. December symbolizes death in the Northern Hemisphere, at least. Most of it. In North America. I guess Caribbean isn't in, in North America. Anyhow, you know what I mean. Takeaways. Number one, The Raven is one of the most famous poems in the English language. Takeaway number two, there's a cool episode of The Simpsons about the raven. I didn't mention this before, but you've probably seen this. If not, find it. It's a good thing to show. Three, The Raven is a great poem for teaching poetic devices. We talked about symbolism. There's obviously others. Maybe we'll do another episode on The Raven here when the school year starts. All right. This podcast episode is Nevermore. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Teaching ELA podcast. For more teacher-ready, student-ready lesson plans, head on over to ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com. That's ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com, where we have hundreds of lesson plans and handouts that are ready to use right now. And as always, if this podcast has helped you thrive in the classroom, we'd appreciate a like and a review. 